people often think that when they come to see me, that what they're going to do is just tell me all their problem over and over and over. And I don't want them to do that. And unfortunately, I don't know why, but a lot of people, that is what happens. They just go see someone and they just tell their problem over and over. That makes it worse. Okay, so my programs are very action-oriented because I'm giving, I'm teaching, I'm giving and teaching skills because I'm not going to live with you, you know, walk around with you everywhere you go and, and tell you what to do about it. Like, you have to learn the skills and I don't want you ruminating because you're going to make it worse. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency, and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd, and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hey, and welcome to Startup Marketing. Today's episode is going to be a slight departure from marketing chat and hit on a topic that's near and dear to my heart as an entrepreneur and honestly, just a human in general, and that's managing stress and anxiety as a business owner. I was introduced to today's guest, Dr. Christy Lopez, and I am so grateful that she gave me an hour of her time. This conversation is so rich and important to have. Dr. Christy Lopez is a psychologist, high-performance coach, and the founder of The Doubtless Woman. For the past 20-plus years, Dr. Lopez has been helping highly stressed professionals eliminate doubt and gain confidence so they can reach higher levels of performance. What sets her apart from traditional therapists and coaches is her unique action-oriented programs. You will not just sit on a couch passively chit-chatting, going over and over the same woes or issues. You also will not need years of therapy or medication. Instead, she will guide you through a proven, focused, action-oriented program that uses the latest neuroscience to target the skills, strategies, and practices you need to break through barriers and limitations, eliminate unhealthy, ineffective patterns, and finally develop the more successful and healthy life you deserve with less stress and overwhelm. Dr. Lopez has appeared on The Dr. Phil Show and serves as an aftercare psychologist for guests on the show. Similarly, she served as an aftercare psychologist for Dr. Drew's Life Changers. Dr. Lopez was also featured on the reality TV series Downsized and The List. She is a cited and guest expert for media such as Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, and Authority Magazine, as well as various podcasts. Here's why this conversation is so important to me. For years, I struggled with anxiety. Growing up and now having the perspective that I do, I can see where I was really prone to anxious behaviors. But after having kids, my struggles ballooned in ways I never imagined they could. And there are two really pivotal moments when I think back on my journey to learning how to manage my stress and anxiety that really stand out for me. 
And the first is after our middle daughter was hospitalized with bacterial meningitis at four weeks old. It was truly the most terrifying time in my life. I have never felt so helpless. And it left me reeling for years after until I sought help. I learned to cope with the stress and anxiety that that time produced, but then And here's where this story becomes about business. My anxiety actually popped up and moved itself into my professional life. I spent two years with debilitating nausea and GI issues when I was working in my corporate job. All the tests and the doctors kept telling me I was fine, but I knew and I was convinced that something was going on. And When I was laid off, I honestly didn't have really any answers. I was five months pregnant. I had the bones of this business built, but I still felt so sick on a day-to-day basis. But what ended up happening that was within months after being laid off and starting Authentic, my health made a full recovery, which is insane for me to think about. And really, it came down to stress and anxiety that I hadn't really identified as being that stressful or creating that much anxiety in me, but it was really affecting my physical health because stress and anxiety do crazy things to your body. And now as an entrepreneur and the pressures of building a business, I think it's incredibly important to know how to handle these things when they come up and to really normalize the conversation around them, which is why I am so excited to bring you today's guest. She is so smart. She's so knowledgeable. And I really just hope you find this conversation as helpful and as um, just so rich as I did. Let's dive in. Hi, Christy, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Well, I've been helping people reduce anxiety, stress, doubt, all kinds of things so that they could reach their goals and achieve higher levels of performance. And I've been doing this for over 20 years already. Yeah, you, um, as I was prepping for this conversation, and I knew like when we had our initial phone call, like you've done a lot, but you have a very like long career and a long history in this field. And you've worked with Dr. Phil, correct? You Yes. And yeah. did I see Dr. Drew on there as well? Or am I? Yeah. So they, um, you know, when people go on the shows, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but usually at the uh-uh. end, they will say, you know, hey, you know, guest, if you if you would like help, we can set some help up for you, you know, where you live to like work on the things that yeah. they brought up on the shows. So I was the like Arizona person um, for, for a long, long time. time ago. Yeah. yeah That's that, super cool. Yeah. So. And do you still do that today or is that just Yeah, like- I mean, as far as I know, I'm trying to think of when the last one I got uh, referred to me. It's probably been sometime within a year, but I don't. Uh, so I don't know. I, I just get these calls like periodically that sure. say, you know, hey, we got a new one for you if you're able to, <laughs> to see this person. Um, Dr. Drew's show only lasted one season. So that was just one season. Okay. Dr. Phil's show, I've been doing that for over a decade at this point. 
Yeah. I, I had no idea like how any of that worked. And so like, as I was looking through and like listening to some other podcasts and stuff that you've done, I was like, oh my gosh, I've like, I didn't even realize that this is like how all of that worked. And that's just, it's so cool. So thank you for taking the time to, to be here and talk with us. So I think this is a really important conversation, especially as it relates to entrepreneurs, because I don't know any one who isn't dealing with stress or anxiety um, or any of the things that you talk about. And I would say, especially within the past year. So what inspired you to go into this field of work and how did you get started? Yeah. So I've always found human behavior interesting. So even as a kid, I would, you know, kind of like observe, you know, my own family, I'd observe my friends at school. And then if I went to their, their homes, then I would kind of see how they're there. I'd see their families, I'd see their siblings. And I just always thought it was very interesting how, how somebody may be acting a certain way in one setting. And then they possibly act a different way in another setting. And or I would see from the parents or from the siblings, how it all kind of like made sense or went together or why yeah. maybe people did what they did or how they were. So I just always found that fascinating. So even my like elementary school science fair projects were psychology related. So I had always been interested in it. Um, and then as I found out what that was, that it was psychology and that there's such this thing as called a psychologist, I was one of those rare people who knew what I wanted to do and did it. Like I you know, graduated high school, went into undergraduate, got a bachelor's in psychology, went straight on to graduate school. So I got my master's and my PhD in clinical psychology. As part of that, you have to do a clinical internship. Then on top of that, I did a postdoctoral fellowship that you don't have to do, but I did one of those. Um, and then I did my postdoc uh, clinical hours at a local clinic. And so that's a very long time. So I've been trained and I have, um, I have pretty much kind of the top credentials that you can get. And then as soon as I finally finished through all of that, which took quite a bit of time, um, once I was then licensed, then I took the, you know, the licensure test. And then once I got that, then I started into private practice. Wow. That's really, that's really cool. I think it's always fun. Like when you see people's careers and stuff kind of start at a young age and like how it grows and evolves and like follows it or kind of loops back around. So I've been thinking about that lately. I've, I was on a podcast with somebody else um, last week and they're like, oh, you should write a book. And it just, your story reminded me of of that because when I was little, I wanted to be a writer. And I was like, how, like, what a little like circle. Yes. It would be a nice little circle to come back around to. So that is, that is a really, a lot of, a lot of very real world experience for like lack of a better term you know, I don't think people realize like how much education has goes into a field like psychology and things like that. So you take all of that experience, all of that knowledge, and you help your clients reduce anxiety and stress. And so tell me, why is it so important for them to make those changes? And what do you see in them? What does that change look like in them? that allows them to maybe do things that they couldn't do before? Or what does that process look like? So so I think you've kind of made this statement earlier, which is everybody has anxiety and, and you should. Like as a human, you need to have anxiety. So I often will ask people, what would happen if you had zero anxiety? And usually people are like, hmm. <laughs> um, and then sometimes they might say, 
well, maybe I wouldn't be motivated. And it's like, yeah, that's true. Anxiety helps with motivation, but there's an even bigger one. And that is interesting. If we had zero anxiety, we would probably die very quickly. <laughs> right. There's an element of survival. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Your brain has evolved to help you survive, not to have you be ha- happy or to be successful or to be, you know, positive and all this kind of stuff. It is designed to make you survive. And it doesn't care if it does unhealthy things to get you to survive or if it's if you're unhappy, but you survive. So that's that's your brain's mission. So wow. pretty much everyone if you're human, has anxiety. Um, and so, so some people have it here and there, um, and but some people have it more continuously. And then yeah. it can cause emotional distress. It could cause physical issues. Like a lot of people with anxiety also have like GI or stomach problems and they yes. do go together. They're correlated very much so. Um, they can have headaches, things like that. They can't sleep. And it can limit their behavior because they may not want to try new things or do new things or even go sometimes out of the house because it can even become debilitating where people don't even want to come out of the house or they can't hold a job or things like that. So so it can it has a wide range, but everyone usually experiences anxiety at some level. And then a good amount of people, I think it's like 40 million people um, to a degree where it can even be diagnosed. A lot of people are on medication um, and even beyond the people who are actually on like psychotropic anti-anxiety medications, a lot of people are self-medicating and that's like mm. sort of food or, or drugs or some kind of addiction or other kinds of things. Sure. Relationships. Like, so there's a lot of people who struggle with this, but the thing is, this is what I always tell people. If you're going to have an issue, you want it to be anxiety because there's so mm. many things that can do to help that. And it's science. It's not just me like making stuff up. Like yeah. there's science behind how you help people reduce anxiety and how you help people achieve. And all of these things that I, that I do work with people. Um, and once you learn how to do this, like you learn these skills and you learn how to reduce anxiety, how to manage it, people's lives are just dramatically improved. So usually they will always say, I finally have freedom and peace. So those are the two things I mainly hear is mm-hmm. freedom and peace. And they're able to perform at higher levels because that's one of the main things I do is I'm a high performance coach. So they're able to perform at higher levels in all kinds of areas and in their businesses because I do see a lot of entrepreneurs, executives. I have a lot of doctors like MD doctors. Um, They're able to perform at higher levels. They're able to be present in relationships so that it it even helps for relationships. It helps with their, their own selves, like to be at ease with themselves. And, there, and a lot of people have sleep problems, so now their sleep problems go away. And not only are they able to fall asleep, but they're able to stay asleep and get good restorative quality sleep. They yeah. have a lot of uh, less physical problems, so they don't have the stomach aches as much, the headaches as much. So there's a whole host of things that change once you recognize and deal with and do the work to manage anxiety and any of these other kind of doubts or stress or things that you may be struggling with. Totally. I... Um, it's interesting, like hearing you talk about that because I, like, I struggled with anxiety. I probably have like always been prone to it. Like growing up, I can, I can see like, um, comment, like similarities between my mom and I, in terms of just like her, like her being prone to like a little bit of anxiety or worrying. And then like seeing that in myself and, but it didn't really like, it didn't really surface in any sort of like um, disruptive way until like 
we, until we had our middle child and she was, she was hospitalized with mm. bacterial meningitis when she was oh. four weeks old. Nice. And I like my kids' health was probably like, was always a trigger for me. Like even yeah. when we just had our son mm-hmm. and then after that, it just sort of became like, it just became this disruption that like sort right. of like took over my life. And yeah. It probably took me about a year before I was like, I have to do something. Like, I cannot live like this anymore. Like, it was starting to affect my relationship with my kids, with my husband. Like, because I just couldn't be, like, present. I was just constantly, like, in my head. And so... It, it is work. That's kind of the thing. And it like, it's work that never really like stops, even though now like I have the coping tools and the mechanisms and things like that. And it's funny because in my experience, that anxiety and that anxiousness, like it finds a way to like change so that you, you know, you learned how to master it over here. In my case, like here's okay. So now I know how to like deal with it and master it and just kind of work through it in my personal life. And then like, I found that it like transferred over to my professional life. Like it switched. Like my brain was like, no, 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 you're not getting off that easily. And it's funny because I was a person who had GI issues. And so for like two years and they were like, it just got progressively worse and worse. And like nobody, you know, my my general practitioner was like, oh, it's reflux. Like here's some medication and like right. put me on a super high dose of that. And then I got pregnant with my third mm-hmm. and I went to a GI specialist and he was like, he was like, no, like not, that's, if that hasn't been helping you, that's like clearly right. not the problem. And, um, you know, he, he threw out a couple of ideas and he was like, you know, it could be a hormone imbalance from like birth control and changes in that. He was like, or it could just be like anxiety. He was like, and it's just, he was like, unfortunately, it's just really hard to tell. And now you're pregnant, so we can't really do anything. But I noticed that it was directly tied to like my professional life. I started kind of like tracking back and thinking like, okay, when, when did these things like start to get worse? And when do they tend to spike? And it was always, always related to like a stressful time period or interaction or something right. at work. Yeah. And then when I was laid off from my job, I was probably at like the height of all of my problems. Mm-hmm. And then magically within a month and a half of kind of being out of my my corporate work environment, even though I'm starting my own business, there's COVID and I'm pregnant. (laughs) Like they went away, you know, like, and they do. And I do notice now, like they pop up when I start to feel physically ill. It's usually like my signal to be like, something is like setting you off. Like you're starting to feel anxious and I maybe haven't like consciously registered it, right? but it's there. And so what, Yep, that's it's that's the anxiety doing its job. It's trying yeah. to let you know, like, hey, something's going on, and we need you to to get on it and to try and work this out because otherwise, we're just going to make you feel worse until you do it. Right, and it's it's so interesting, like when you when you said like your brain is wired to survive and not make you happy. That anxiety now it makes a lot of sense, and like, what a crazy. I don't know if I'm like applying this or being like too. Um, wishful in kind of thinking like that is like 
such a simple way for me to like flip that script and think about like, okay, if this is like wired to help me survive, whether it's related to like something that's going on, you know, with my, like my kids and their health and their family, my family, whatever it is, or if it's related to my business, then like, it's just my brain's way of like trying to get ahead of like a perceived threat and like that. Yeah, something that could stand in the way of that success. Yes. So, and that's a huge like mind shift because a lot of people, when they come to me, they're like, oh my God, I need to like get rid of this anxiety. I, I just, I wish it was dead. I want to kill it. Like they're really, I mean, they've been suffering. So it's, yeah, yeah. It, but they have this like vehement, like it must die kind of thing. Um, and unfortunately there's some people out there that do suggest this like fighting kind of model and calling anxiety things like your, you know, like your enemy or your villain or this kind of thing, that's exactly the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Because anxiety is like a person. And anxiety is like a person who thinks it's trying to save your life. And that's because mm-hmm. that's what it's doing. It's yeah. trying to save your life. And if you're about to walk in front of a bus, it's going to scream, yell, trip you, tackle you. It's going to do whatever it can to make sure you don't get in front of that bus. And if you just try to, like, push it away or tell it to be quiet or, or you know, fight it, it's going to become stronger. It's just like a person. If it doesn't think you're listening to, you know, if somebody doesn't think you're listening to them, they're going to be louder, especially when they think you're trying to save their life. Yeah. So, so that's the wrong way to go about it, to try and push it and get into this fight with it. it, is to understand what is its role? Where did it come from? Why is it doing what it's doing? And it's, I don't know if people remember that Jerry Maguire movie, but there was this line in there where he's like, help me help you. That's what it's yeah. like. It's like, help the anxiety help you. Work with it. This is a huge, this is the, how I get people to shift and then teach them how to do it because that's when you can actually start working with this and reducing it and managing it and doing all these kinds of things. Because now instead of fighting with it and it just getting stronger and making it worse, you actually work with it to your benefit and to your benefit of not only just staying alive, but staying alive in a healthy, happier way. (laughs) Right. A more productive, a more productive way. So and you, you say that you're able to help reduce the stress and anxiety in 10 minutes for your clients, like, or less, yep, or less, <laughs> um, which I am like, I am fascinated. Tell me about that process and like a high level overview of that, because that just sounds, I mean, that sounds like a lifesaver. Oh yeah, it is. And that's, that's a, again, like why, cause I've been in this business so long and I've been, and I've seen so many people and I've seen how the transformation happens. And I'm just like, oh, there's no reason why people have to be out there suffering, especially with anxiety things. There's so many things we can do. So yeah. so part of it, again, is understanding what's going on. So anxiety is very physiological. Okay. And that's why you do have those like stomach aches or headaches or sure. tense muscles. Or There's a lot of physiology when it comes to anxiety. I mean, it's your brain and your brain is like communicating with the rest of your body saying, hey, and then actually your stomach your stomach is also communicating up yeah. to your brain and telling your body, hey, okay, so it's very physiological. So the main ways of helping reduce anxiety quickly and the first ones that I have people learn are physiological interventions because mm-hmm. you have a physiological thing happening to you, which has some cognitive because there's thinking that goes to it. There's behavior sure. that goes to it. But the immediate thing is physiology because what happens is as soon as your brain thinks you're in danger – or even um, surprised because it's just, it's not sure what's happening. 
Yeah. You have these like two main nervous systems. Okay. You have one that you've probably heard of is that fight or flight nervous system. Um, And then you have the one that is the, you know, they kind of call it like the rest and digest. It's the one that you hope you're pretty much primarily operating in because that's when you can think clearly. Sure. That's when you can plan, you can have logic, you're not impulsive and everything's happening like you're digesting. So all this kind of stuff, which is again, why Mm -hmm. you're anxious, you have stomach problems because when you're anxious, all of that goes offline. Your body's uh, like, we don't have time to think. Okay, we don't have time to reason. We don't have sure. time to like, not be impulsive. We don't have time to digest our food. Okay, so this is mm-hmm. again, this is why a lot of people get stomachache. So there's all this stuff that happens as soon as your brain gets kicked into that that fight or flight nervous system. All that other stuff goes offline, and now your brain is ready to actually do that. Like it's ready to fight. So blood <laughs> is now going to your muscles or right. like your leg muscles so you can run. So right. your, your brain is getting your body. So all this physiology is happening. So it would be very hard to all of a sudden try and be like, oh, let me think about what I'm going to do about this situation because your body's not, again, your brain is not set up that way. If you stop to think when the lion is chasing you, you're going to get killed. Okay. So, right, right. so it doesn't want you to think. So it'd be very hard to remember any kind of cognitive intervention or anything you learn to do to help anxiety. So that's why you have to do a physiological intervention first mm. to get yourself back into that nervous system where you can then think about everything else you want to do. And the number one thing, the number one thing to help yourself as soon as you feel like you're starting to become anxious is to deep breathe. Yeah. And deep breathe correctly <laughs> because a lot of people don't actually know how to properly deep breathe because I'll, Usually they're like, oh, yeah, I know. And then I ask them how they do it, and they'll just kind of do all kinds of various things. But there's an actual science behind why deep breathing works. And the main mechanism is your exhale has to be longer and harder than your inhale. That's what makes it work. Your exhale has to be longer and harder than your inhale. And so I teach people a a basic breathing exercise called a four, seven, eight. And that is a in-your-nose-for-four count and then you hold for seven and then out your mouth only harder for eight and it's kind of hard to exhale for eight okay yeah it is like work yourself up but it's four seven eight because your inhale is four and your eight is exhale it's like twice as long now you don't have to be exact just as long as your exhale is harder and longer than your inhale it'll work and it'll work because you're human and this is physiology. Now there's some other physiological things like aromatherapy, acupressure points. So all these kinds of things, those are the ones that, that happen. They work quickly. That's why I'm saying it's within 10 minutes or less. If you do a few cycles of the deep breathing, it's really within a minute or two that you, you physiologically start calming down. And once you do that, your brain can go back into the nervous system where you then have access to your, memories and to your logic and to your rational being and to then you can think like oh yeah and then I learned all these other tools now you can start implementing the other yeah. tools if you need to do them so that's why I teach physiological interventions first so you can then be and sometimes that's all it takes but then if you need yeah. to, you can do any other kind of interventions you may have learned yeah that's um that is one of the things that I do that all the time and I have I have an app so when I when I finally like sought help, um, the the lady that I saw, she was like, "Let's." We did some hypnotherapy, which I was like super skeptical of, mm-hmm. but I it was shocking to me like how 
how well it worked. And so I would listen to those recordings sometimes. And she had said like, hey, you should look at like a breathing practice, a meditation Mm -hmm. practice that's going to teach you how to breathe like through this. And I was like, okay, that seems like so basic, you know, Mm -hmm. like, are you serious that this is, this is actually going to help me? And, but I was like, you know what? I'm done living this way. So it like, it is my turn to put in the hard work and like do something. So I committed and it does stop it. And like, I'm someone who like, once I started to spiral, I mean, it could be like something as simple as like, uh, my kid didn't want to eat dinner that night. And so then I like immediately, like it would send me off into this spiral of like, here we go. Like they're sick, this, you know, and then what could this illness be? And, um, it would send me down this rabbit hole. Yep. And I started doing the the deep breathing, like the um, in for four, hold for seven, out for eight is very similar. Same thing that you just said. And like it immediately took yep. me out of that spiral and like yep. got me to a point where I was like, okay, I can make a decision now about right. what I'm going to do. Yep. And, and exactly like, how it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And early on, I had to like – because I also like, I am a writer. And um, so writing down my thoughts to be able to like remind myself, like, these are not the facts of the situation. Right. They're just simply my thoughts. Right. Like I would have to go to that and say like, okay, now that I am like calm, I'm going to go journal and just like, you know, so it was a, it was a process. Mm-hmm. And then as time has gone on, like there are, a lot of times, like nine times out of 10, that deep breathing is like all I need to like yep. stop it and go, okay, reset. Mm-hmm. Let's move on now. Like yeah. it might not, the yeah. thoughts don't necessarily like go away, but they stop being sticky. They stop yeah. like coming back and coming back and like interrupting my evening or my day or whatever it is. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. That um so and th- so that's what you are doing. You're doing exactly how it works. As soon as you notice it, you deep breathe. That helps you stay in the nervous system where you can then think and you can remember, oh, okay, I remember <laughs> like what you yeah. do to tell myself. So so what I then teach people to do is the what do you tell yourself? So it's so I always say you're coming up with a message to tell mm-hmm. yourself. Because be ready, because you know that this stuff is going to happen. Yeah. So let me come up with a message, like a short, succinct message to help myself. But you do have to do all that work so that you know what your short, succinct message is. Because if you just come up with a short, succinct message and it doesn't have the meaning behind it, it's not going to work so well. So you have to kind of do what you're saying. Like you went through this whole process and then you were able to kind of get it down to, it sounded like what you're saying was, then you get it down to a quicker thing that you say to yourself. That's what I'm talking about with the message. You get it down to this very short, effective, succinct message. So as soon as it starts happening, you do your deep breathing or any of your other kind of physiological interventions, then you can just quickly now say your message. And over time, you just have to think of your message and it helps. Like, and then sometimes you don't even notice, or you may have noticed over time, but it it happens so fast, it just becomes natural. So one of my Mm -hmm. sayings is when people do the work, um, their new ways will become their natural ways. Yeah. And that's when you know you've transformed. Yeah. So in the beginning, you may have to like consciously be doing it and do this work, but it'll crack over time. The practice will create new neural networks where now this is the way that it happens. And yeah, when something super stressful happens, your brain will kind of kick back to the way it yeah. was before. Um, but, and this is why you have to learn all these things. You have to learn how to prevent the problems, 
but you can't control everything and you're not going to be able to always prevent. So you have to learn how to intervene on them. And again, you can't control everything and you're not always going to be successful at intervention. So you then have to learn how to recover when it does go off the rails, because sometimes it will. But you get better as time goes on and you practice and the neural network's getting stronger. You get better at preventing. You get better and more quick at intervening and the same thing with recovering. And then that's when you will notice like, hey, I'm just this is now my new way. My new ways have become my natural ways. And I don't have all of that stress and struggle and suffering and all that stuff I had before. Yeah. It doesn't mean you won't have anxiety happen, but you're going to be well equipped on how to handle it and how to deal with it. Yeah. It's, and that's kind of, I think that's like the important thing for people to know and understand is that like, it is just about equipping yourself with the tools. Like you can't, you can't stop it. And one of the, so the app that I use that I love is Headspace. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with Headspace yeah. at all, but I, I enjoy their app the most because they kind of, they teach you some of the psychology behind whatever it is that you are focusing on. So for me, it's been anxiety, but you know, they have tracks for stress or even creative thinking and things like that. And one of the things that helped me a lot too is recognizing very similar to what you said, like it's about being equipped and like knowing how to interact with those thoughts when they come up. And one of the one of the analogies that I like that I learned from them is like your thoughts are like cars driving down the road. Mm-hmm. And like you you wouldn't hop out in front of a car and try to stop a car by jumping in front of it. So like you don't you shouldn't do that with your thoughts. Like let them happen and know how to how to manage through them and mm-hmm. just kind of build on that. Like, and that too has, has been so helpful to just be like, okay, because the more I try to stop them, the right. worse they get. Like right. That's that thing that I was gonna... saying where it makes it worse if you're trying to fight it. Yeah. Which is, that's what that, what that's talking about is if you're trying to stop it, it's like, you're trying to fight it. You're trying to, that makes it worse. Yeah. And so that kind of idea of like, just letting it go by, that's the whole thing about like why meditation is helpful. Yeah. So meditation is helpful for everything. Okay. So I do always recommend that, but especially for anxiety things, because that's exactly what you're doing when you're meditating, you're bringing your focus to one thing, but all these thoughts will happen. Don't fight the thoughts. Don't jump in front of the car. You just kind of notice that they're there and you let them go because you're focused back here, which is very also similar to that thing about your message. Your Mm -hmm. message is kind of like the same thing. You just go back to your message. So I tell people it's like a politician. Um, A politician has a message. And when a reporter asks a question, they don't care what the question was. They just say their message. Another reporter can ask a question, a totally different question. They just say their message. Like that's what you're doing. And that's, this is like what meditation does. So when you do meditation, you're actually helping build your brain up to do the same things you need for these these uh, interventions, these skills, these strategies. They all work the same. So if you put that all together, I mean, it just this is why I'm saying again, I really there's no reason why people need to be suffering out there. There's so many things to do yeah. to help yourself with this. Yeah, absolutely. Is there so when when somebody is dealing with anxiety or stress? or even just a mindset block that's like keeping them from fulfilling their potential. Aside from like the breathing and things like that, where do they even start to begin to address the process of dismantling it? Because there is there is work, like we said, that has to go into it to kind of 
build up to that point? So where do you even start? So the start is, is kind of actually what you were saying with your own story. And that was becoming aware. Because if you're not aware that something's going on, there's you're not going to think you need to work on anything. You're not going to know that you need help. You're not going to know that something's going on. So the first part is being aware. Now, a lot of times people are not aware until something huge happens or sure. somebody tells them. And that's something huge too, because it could be like your partner saying, you know what, I'm out of here. Or, right, or right. I can't, I can't, or your business partner saying, you know, we can't be business partners anymore or whoever. Like, so sometimes it could be someone else letting you know, like kind of this big event that that's like, whoa, something's going on. Or it's something like the stomach aches or the headaches, or I can't sleep, or I noticed that now I can't go outside or I lost my job. So unfortunately, a lot of times it's not until somebody has something huge happen to them yeah. that they didn't realize something's going on and they need to do something about it. Um, so that's the number one thing is you need to be aware that something's going on. You may not necessarily have to know all the ins and outs of why or what or all this, but just something's going on. And yeah. like you said, I kind of made a statement of, and you know, you don't want to keep living this way. You need to get help or figure out what can I do about this? So becoming aware is the very first thing. And a lot of people, even by the time they make it to my office, um, they're, they're telling me, you know, that this is their issue and this is their issue and whatever it is. And yeah, those things are their issues. And then when I reflect back or say, like, let me make sure I understand what you're saying. And I kind of go through everything. And then I kind of throw in the part from my observation and if I then use the word of anxiety, because that's a lot of times what they're describing as anxiety, a lot of times people are shocked and taken aback because they're they're like, anxiety? Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like I don't know if I have anxiety. I don't I don't think I'm an anxious person, although they just described exactly what anxiety is. <laughs> right. <laughs> but a lot of times they don't realize that that's what it is. Yeah. And so whether you want to call it that or not, it kind of really doesn't matter. It's just like, okay, this is what's happening. I'm going to tell you now how to help yourself and how to um, manage this and reduce this and how you can, you know, overcome these kinds of things. So becoming aware is the very first thing so that you can then do something about it. Yeah. Um, then, like I was saying, there's so many things to do to be able to work on anxiety. So, you know, hey, if that's what's going on for you, that's good news because it's not like you're going to show up and I'm going to be like, Oh, too bad. There's nothing to do. It's going to be like, okay, are you ready to do the work? Because I've got a whole series of things. Like I also say, I can teach you a hundred things on how to help yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going to need a hundred. You're going to no. start. Seeing, if you do the work, you will start seeing immediately. So like even those little things within 10 minutes, you're going to see the progress immediately. And then I usually just have to kind of teach a handful of these yeah. um, interventions and these strategies and these skills and then people are already, they're like off and running and they're like in great shape. Um, and then sometimes they'll kind of go off and they'll be like, yay, I'm at my goals and I'm living life and things are great. And then like a year or so later, something huge maybe happens to them. Sure. And it kind of locks them up a little bit and then they kind of come back and it's like, okay, do you remember all the skills from before? Let's kind of boost those skills yeah. because sometimes people over time, it's just like physical exercise. If you physically exercised for a year and you're in the best shape ever and then you stop. Yep. You don't stay in the best shape ever. Like <laughs> no. you quickly come out of shape. <laughs> like, okay. And it's the same thing with these things. If you don't use your strategies and skills, you are quickly going to fall back. So sometimes yeah. people fall back because they stop doing these things Yeah. or something huge happens and it kind of pushes them back. Okay. So I help remind them and kind of boost them on everything they learned. And then I just teach them like another handful of strategies and skills. And now they've got like their first batch and now they got their second batch. And then the same thing. They'll go off and they'll be fine. And then, so I have these people who kind of cycle back. Sure. And over time, they just get 
they build on it and they build on it and then build on it because I have so many things to teach them, but they don't necessarily need to know them all. They yeah. just need to know whatever a handful of them for it to significantly make change. And right. then starting off with those physiological things is important first because you can't really do the cognitive part, the actual dismantling or changing your mindset. You can't do that part until your body is calm. So that's why you have to learn those things first. Yeah, totally. So when when you're talking with your clients and they're kind of telling you what they've got going on, do you like, how do you go about, do you, uh, how, how should I ask this? So do you have like a set like your go-to things that you're like, these are kind of the the ones that I really like. I know they work, so I'm going to go to them. Or is it more of like a tailored approach where it's like, okay, I recognize that like, so if I were your client, for example, and I don't know how, maybe in some way I've like revealed that I enjoy writing. Would you kind of tailor it and say like, hey, Caitlin, like think about when you're able to get out of that physiological state and back to the cognitive part. And why don't you try writing your thoughts down? So do you tailor it to kind of what they like, or are there just kind of strategies that you're like, these are my favorite because I know they work really well and they work for everyone. So these are the ones I go to. Yeah. It's both. both. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so because you're human, like everybody is human. Actually, some of these things work on dogs or animals too. But, but let's just stick with humans. Because you're human, I already know what's going to help because it just it does because you're human. So when somebody comes, I'm going to I'm going to listen to what's ha- happening, but I actually don't need your whole entire story. Sure. And I don't want your whole entire story because a lot of times what people do is they're ruminating. So yeah. that's going over and over yeah. and especially something negative. And this is a lot of what happens mm-hmm. with anxiety. The person just keeps like, "Oh my god, did I say that? Did I mess that up? What if I should have said this?" Like they're just ruminating. That makes it worse because you every time you think yep. or you behave or you have a feeling, all these neurons are firing everywhere and they're building up this neural network. So people have been building up this like anxiety neural network. So I'm teaching people how to, so this is neuroscience. I'm teaching people how to stop feeding that neural network and build up the new healthy neural network. Yeah. And this is super key. You have to build up the healthy. Anytime you're trying to take something away or reduce it or eliminate it, because this goes for addictions too, you have to build the healthy in its place or you will just what I call whack-a-mole. And you kind yep. of described it with the, oh, I kind of got it handled in this part of my life, but then it popped up over in this part of my life. And that's what will happen. If you don't do the thorough comprehensive work and build the healthy, people will go from like, oh, I finally stopped smoking, but I started drinking. <laughs> oh, I got to stop drinking. I started sure. eating. Yeah. Oh, I got to stop eating. Then I get in this series of relationships. Oh, then I stop that. I start gambling. So this is what happens if you do not build the healthy in its place. So that's an important point too, is to know to be building the healthiness place, which is this, this new neural network. Yeah. So I'm teaching people how to stop feeding the old one, how you feed the new one and how you practice it. And then that's how then it becomes your natural way. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know if I ended up answering your question though. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, you totally, you totally did. I answered it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think that's really like listening to you kind of talk about the process. Like that's why... I always say like when when I talk about it for me like the work is never really done. Like I know how to manage and I know and I have my go-to techniques and things like that. But I it's it's a practice. I think 
I think that's, I like that phrase better. It's a practice. Like I did the work and now I have to practice it every single day because that's what, that's what keeps me, at least for me, keeps me out of that cycle and then allows me to recognize like, okay, this has the, like the potential to like shift over, shift over here. So when you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, because actually now I remembered your question about the the, the kind of general things or the things that I do all the time are tailored. And I was saying it was both. Yeah. Um, so if I can kind of catch no, back on absolutely. that. So, so I was, and I went off the thing about ruminating because people often think that when they come to see me, that what they're going to do is just tell me all their problem over yeah. and over and over. And I don't want them to do that. And unfortunately, I don't know why, but a lot of people, that is what happens. They just yeah. go see someone and they just tell their problem over and over. That makes it worse. Yeah. Okay. So my programs are very action oriented because I'm giving, I'm teaching, I'm yeah. giving and teaching skills because I'm not going to live with you, you know, walk around with you everywhere you go and, and <laughs> tell you what to do about it. Like you have to learn the skills and I don't want you ruminating because you're going to make it worse. I just need to know a, a, a little bit about what's going on because again, most of it is human nature, yeah. but yet then I need to know specifically for you because then what I do is I start off with, Hey, these are the things that we know work with most people and are most effective through research. So let's start off with those things. And then not only research, but now for me, 20 plus years of thousands of people. So yeah. I have all this proven system that I've ended up developing where I know this is how to get people going. And, and I have like a process for it. Now, something very specific can come up where all of a sudden they had to deal with something. So yes. So we'll kind of like, well, we'll kind of uh, focus on the more crisis thing. But while I'm doing that, I'm still teaching the, the skills that I'm trying to teach the person. And now we actually just have the um, context and what I'm teaching it with. So you end up with this, like what works with most humans as I get to know you, I tailor it to you. And then what do we, what do we learn formally? Because I give a lot of handouts. I give a lot of action plans where you have to um, practice and go out and, you know, in between the times that I see you and actually implement these things. And then I teach in the moment too, depending on what's going on. So you're kind of getting all of this uh, real world Now, it's also not, hey, tell me about when you were a kid, when you first get here. Because when you first get here, if I just, again, jump you into all any kind of trauma or any kind of past thing that was going on, and I haven't taught you anything yet, you're going to make it worse. Which, again, I don't know why other professional people do that. But they will jump people right into their traumas or their negativity, which just strengthens that negative neural network and makes it worse because you have not learned how to deal with it differently and how to process differently. Once you learn those skills and you get in a better, more secure spot and you have those skills down, then you can deal with all that other stuff because you will know how to deal with it in a different way versus basically re-traumatizing or making it worse. Yeah, that... That makes a lot of sense. I'm like, as, as you're talking, I'm like thinking back to, to my experience. And I think I very clearly like remember the, the woman that I worked with, like cutting me off at a certain point. Cause I was doing that. I was like, yeah. and this, and this, and this. Yep. And I remember her being like, let's just stop for a second. And she was like, I can summarize this for you. You yep. get very worried because you anticipate that things are going to go very badly. And then you start worrying about how you're going to prevent that. She was like, is that, 
is that accurate? And I was like, yep. absolutely. And so then from yep. that point on, she was like, okay, we don't need to like, right. <laughs> we don't need to talk about all that other stuff then. And yeah, it did, exactly. it helped a ton to just not like, you know, constantly be revisiting, revisiting that. So when, right. when you have clients who come to you and specifically like with entrepreneurs, business owners, and they come to you, like, is there a common thread of what, seems to cause their anxiety when it comes to like their business or professional lives? Or is it really just kind of like all over the board? So people will come in with various different things that are on why they're saying they're coming in. Um, But it does, it does end up actually coming down to a few, because again, it's human nature. It comes down to a few handful of things. Okay. So they can tell me this reason, this reason, this reason, that reason. But it usually always ends up being things related to mood. So like anxiety, depression, like stuff like that, like how their kind of internal emotional state is. So it comes down to something like that. And often they're actually all together. So it comes down to something like that. Then it comes down to self things like self-identity, self-image, self-confidence, like self kinds of things. And then relationships. So no matter why somebody thinks they're coming in and they're telling me their specific things. And I do need to know, you know, again, some, I don't need to know the whole thing, but I just need to know kind of more specifically to them because that's then how I kind of tailor it to them. But it's kind of like all roads lead because then it all comes down to those pretty much those three things. Yeah. Um, Those three things, again, that's human nature. Well, good thing we know, you know, (laughs) with all of those things. And that's why when you actually do this work, you get improvement across the board. It's not usually just in the one thing you thought you were coming for or this one area because they're principle-based skills and strategies that I'm teaching. Yeah. And then you can apply them across all areas of your life. And then you can apply them to when new things happen. Yeah. Um, But it does take time because this, there is a lot of info and this is a lot of stuff to learn. So I will, again, so when those people kind of cycle back, maybe sometimes even like on their second or third time when they cycle back and I'm telling them the same thing, I maybe, maybe even told them in the very first session. Yeah. They're like, ah, <laughs> like now they really get it or they get it in a way they hadn't gotten it before. Yeah. And now they're better able to generalize it or apply it somewhere else. Um, and then sometimes, you know, all, those people will, sometimes they just call to tell me like how amazing they're doing or like how great they're doing. Like, and they're like, Oh, and then this thing happened to me. And then I realized, Oh, when we did that exercise, you know, about whatever this thing was for them, like, you know, a year ago or whatever, they realized that it's the same. It's just a different version, but kind of the same thing. And they use the same like exercise or tool or whatever. And they were able to handle it. So sometimes they just call because they want to, Tell me, like, how oh, proud sure. I'm like, yeah, I'm proud of you too because that's exactly it. Um, but, but not everybody's going to remember every single thing, yeah. And not everybody's going to remember like how to actually then generalize it. But the more you do this work again, um, and it's a practice, it will start becoming more natural, and you just you do automatically start becoming better at these things. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't even realize something that pop something would have popped up like a year ago or even six months ago that would have just like floored somebody, yeah. They don't even realize until sometime later, like, I totally, like, that barely even blipped on their radar. Yeah. I, when those moments pop up for me, I also, I do try to write those down in my journal as well, because then, um, A, it's, it is nice to just, like, look back and go, like, look at how far you've come from, like, the behavior that you used to exhibit when you were anxious to, like, today, but also in, like, those moments where, like, 
again, if I'm starting to spiral, like once I get out of that spiral and I can like think a little better to like look at it and go, okay, like, see, you've handled this before. This is not going to be the time that like <laughs> takes you down and like wipes right. you out. Um, yeah. So, yeah. and that's why it's important to be aware of the positive too yeah. and the progress and all of those things. So I usually do have people, um, I either call it like a success board or some kind of place where they do keep and log their successes because I don't want people to be ruminating on the negative because yeah. that's so powerful and, and unhealthy, but you can ruminate on the positive <laughs> because that actually yeah. is helpful and healthy. So I, I do that kind of set people up with these little exercises to help them do those kinds of things too. Right. So kind of continuing along like this train of thought, when when business owners, entrepreneurs come in and talk to you, you have a course that's called Internal Mastery. And on your website, you speak to it with a quote that I really enjoyed, which is, success comes from your ability to handle adversity and stress that accompanies the pursuit of anything truly great. And maybe I was just kind of like projecting onto this conversation, but I read that and I was like, that is so powerful. Like as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, like if I were, if I were in need of help with this, like that would immediately, I was like, I would, I would totally want to work with you because I was like that, that just resonates so deeply with me. Like you talked about imposter syndrome and things like that, that your clients tend to come in with. And like all of that, I never thought of imposter, imposter syndrome right. being funneled or fueled by anxiety, but that, that makes a lot of sense. So as I'm trying to kind of like wrap my thoughts up here with this, like, it's just, it is a really like, it is a very brilliant quote. And I think like as a business owner, I was like, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Like I'm trying to build something yeah. that's great that I can pass on, you know, like if my kids want this business when I'm done and I want to retire, like I want to be able to hand it off to them or I want to be able to sell it and like, you know, transfer that success and say like, here, I was really successful and now you can benefit from this. Like I want to be able to just like give them opportunities that I didn't have so that class, that internal mastery, where mm -hmm. you're learning to, about your ability to handle that adversity and handle that yeah. stress, like, tell us more about that class. And is that designed for entrepreneurs and business owners? And like, how, how do I come into that and learn how to master it so that I can recognize my greatness and get to that truly great thing that you're talking about there? Yeah. Well, it's good to hear that you resonate with that because it, it is so true. And again, that's your, because it's human nature. Yeah. It's human nature to have anxiety or stress when adversity pops up because that's, you know, what your brain was designed to do. But instead of letting it take you down or paralyze you, it's, hey, how can you manage it and deal with it and work with it? And that's really what the key, work with it. So it actually helps propel you because that mm -hmm. is also what anxiety does too, is it helps motivate you. Yeah. It helps you to want to learn from things. Um, so, so again, I've been doing this for over 20 years with thousands of people and most of my clients are entrepreneurs, um, executives. And then I have this whole lot of MD doctors and a lot of them are actually entrepreneur doctors because they sure. have their own practices Practice. um, and clinics. So they're also, so it's kind of like, a dual. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So, 
So I have a lot of those types of clients and, and those are the types of clients too, that people, um, and I hope I remember to get back to you because I did like, <laughs> it was the longest people, question ever. Yeah. There are people who, um, you know, on the outside, they seem successful and they put yeah. it in quote successful because they, you know, Hey, they're, they're yep. at the top of their fields. They, their six, their businesses are successful. They're um, making a good amount of money. They have this and that and whatever, like material things and all this kind of thing. Um, but why are they coming to see me? Yeah. Well, they're coming to see me because what ended up happening was they powered their way through. Mm. They powered their way through anxiety. They powered their way through depression. They powered their way. They tried to deal with it by what? Becoming addicted. Because a lot of times they end up, you know, having addictions. Um, they got into my office because their spouse was about to divorce them or cheated on them. <laughs> like, this is how they got here. Um, so things were falling apart. They, they had no relationship with their kids. Um, everything that they thought they were building. And this is what I've seen so many. They they were workaholics, basically. Yeah. And they were powering their way through. They had physical problems. They end up losing, almost losing everything they thought they were working for. Because they'll be like, but I was working so hard and I was doing all this because I wanted to provide for my family and I wanted to have this legacy. And now my family is about to be broken up. Yeah. Okay. And it was because it was at the cost of their physical health, their mental health, their relationships. Yeah. So everything they thought they were doing it and doing it for ended up becoming in jeopardy. And then they realized they're not fulfilled. They're not happy. Yeah. So they put their you know ladder on the wall of this is what I want, but it wasn't truly what they wanted and it was not in a fulfilling way. So, so I get a lot of these, this is mm -hmm. kind of like my typical client. And so, so then I help teach them, like, not only let me kind of help you with this whole thing that's happening to you right now, and I'm going to help you deal with that, but I'm going to teach you how to not repeat this pattern and do it again. Yeah. Because if we can, if we can repair all that stuff and then actually make it even more healthy, amazing. But if it's by the time they got to me and it was too late and they had already got a divorce or it was in the works and the spouse is just like, no, um, well then let's make sure you don't repeat that pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Because you will repeat it if you do not work it out. So internal mastery is this comprehensive action oriented program that I have that deals with everything. Okay. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been doing this for so long with, with all these people. Um, and then I work them through this program and I, I will again, tailor it to them and what's going on or something might come. I might kind of change the order a little bit depending on what's going on, but in general, because wow. it's human nature and it's, and it's um, working on itself to build up, I work them through this program and it, 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 it addresses everything, physical and emotional health, performance, because again, that's yeah. why a lot of people actually are coming because they want to perform at even higher levels, their relationships and their life. So now they're able to actually have healthy success because they're able to do all of these things, yeah. not because they're just trying to willpower or power through and at the expense of their health or by having some kind of addiction. It's because they now have this foundation. So there's this whole set of things I do around foundation, which is like your identity. Yeah. Um, so I have them do like work through all of these action oriented plans and these exercises so that they are consciously building up how they want to live their life and in all areas and not at the expense again of their relationships or their physical health or anything like that. Yeah. So that they can truly be fulfilled and truly be successful. And then what that success looks like often is different than what they, they originally, originally thought. thought success was. Yeah. And so that's so so I developed this program by doing this over and over and over with all these um, clients and seeing, you know, again, this works. If you're human, yeah, 
It works. If you are human, this program is for you. I love yep. that. <laughs> uh, yep. No. And I mean, like I laugh, but it's, it's true. And I think like reading that quote and then hearing you speak about it, like your, your goal, like, even though my goal is to be able to like build something that I can hand off to, to my kids in, in one way or the other. Really, like my goal in starting my business was to be out of a corporate environment that really wasn't serving me anymore. It right. wasn't serving me for a variety of reasons. It wasn't just one thing, even though I loved the work I was doing and even though I loved the people I was doing it with and I had a great boss and, you know, I worked for a good company. It, it just wasn't serving me anymore, which I think was fueling some of that anxiety that I felt. But success too is, you know, so my goal, so, so my goal when I started was to just have more white space on my calendar. I just wanted to be able to go and be a room parent at my son's elementary school if I wanted to without feeling guilty or anxious that I wasn't handling something at work and somebody was noticing and taking notes and, and saying something about it. And I just, I wanted to be able to like take off for three or four weeks and go and stay with family that lives out of state and like visit Mm -hmm. with them and spend that time with them. And so that, that success to me has always kind of been like rooted in my mind where it's like, it isn't just about something that I can use to make money, but right. it's also something that like serves the purpose of like mm-hmm. giving me that white space. And I think that's, but that's hard to keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I can, you know, it's easy to get off track and it's easy to say like, to get caught up in that cycle of like, okay, but if I just build this one little bit, like if I just work this one Saturday, And then that one Saturday turns into like every Saturday and, you know, it's just, so I think it's something too, that like as entrepreneurs and business owners, you have to be like really cognizant. Yeah. Like I worked, I worked this weekend. I worked yesterday, which I don't generally enjoy doing, but I did it for two reasons. I knew today my kids have a snow day, so I knew they're going to be home, (laughs) but Uh also I was sick all of last week. And so I was like, you know, I just, I have to get caught up. Like there's, you know, and I'll feel better getting caught up today than if I don't. And I spend all week stressed out and feeling like, you know, so, but it's, it's recognizing those moments where it's like, Hey, I can give myself permission to like change and like stray from, from my normal standards versus like, you know, doing it all the time and forgetting and getting caught up in it. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be some kind of like super rigid, restrictive thing because it, because actually psychological flexibility is also an important skill. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You were able to demonstrate that and, and and demonstrate it consciously and in a cognitive way. Right. And it made sense and it makes sense. And you know, to be aware so that you, so somehow it doesn't then start repeating, you know, and you're sliding back. Um, but that's the whole thing, because if you are grounded enough and you have these skills and you are aware enough, you can make decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what we want people to be able to do is make decisions, not not be like compelled or like almost like an OCD thing where yeah. you just you're compelled to do something or because 
you you're doing it out of desperation or because you're doing it out of all of these kind of unhealthy negative things. Right. Um, and so that's why it is very important to do to do all of this work, because if you don't, it will be very easy to mm-hmm. then slip back. It might start off with kind of like a rational cognitive way of like, oh, well, this and that, and this is why I do it. But then you, but then you might find yourself continuing to do it, or it pops up in a different area of your life. So yeah. again, this is why you know it's really important to do the comprehensive work and to have somebody that you are checking in with because mm-hmm. sometimes those people I was talking about my clients they'll pop up like a year or so later. Um, what most of them end up doing and what some of them just automatically now do is they just put me on the calendar like once a quarter or something yeah. like that as a maintenance kind of thing. Um, and that's very helpful because by the time people usually would call to come back, things had backslid so much. Sure. Um, and so they're like, over. I don't, yeah, I'm not going to do that again. So they're like, so they put themselves in some kind of like maintenance plan. Yeah. And so I have a lot of people that that's, that's what we do. Um, and even if, you know, a lot of times they have plenty of things to talk about when we, uh, when we do have our meeting, but some of it is I want them to really be able to tell me all of their successes. So that's another part of the way of helping them to keep in mind all of their successes. Right. So, yeah. So it sounds like you're like, yeah, you're doing great. And, <laughs> well, um, and that, you know, that quote, it does that when they've done studies where what sets apart successful people from people who are not so successful, it really is that piece. It is that piece of being able to not only handle or manage uncomfortable or negative feelings, but it's to be comfortable with them. Yeah. To be able to be comfortable when those things come up, that's what truly successful people are able to do because they're not going to be taken down by it or debilitated by it or taken off track by it. And they're actually going to be able to have it and be it, like have their feelings, because this is not about, again, trying to stop or eliminate anxiety or stop or eliminate negative feelings. It's about being able to be with your feelings, which most people cannot do that. Right. (laughs) Um, Addiction is so high out there, but, um, but to be able to be with your feelings, be comfortable with it, learn from them or do whatever you need to do. That's healthy and how you healthily integrate it to yourself. So then how do you move forward and move forward in an even better, improved, progressive way? Right. Yeah. I, it sounds as I'm like hearing myself talk, I'm like, Oh gosh, I sound like I keep saying like, Oh, I do this. I do this. But it has, it's been three years of a lot of like very intentional and purposeful work and practice, but it's also like, it's also not perfect. Like I think about, right. you know, where I was at professionally. Now I, a, a year ago, you know, I was, I was laid off from my job. Most of my department was let go. Three out of five of us were let go, right? And so it's like, okay, well, I have, I have no choice. Like, I am, right. I am on a new path now. And there's – but there's still, like, there was a lot of work that would have needed to happen there. You know, like, I was far from kind of, like, being this – self-aware of what was happening there and fueling a lot of my problems and my anxiety there that now that I've had like the time and the space to like reflect back Mm -hmm. on it, I'm like, okay, like mm, there's so many things that I wish I'd done differently for myself, for like the people around me. And it's just, you know, it is what it is. Like you, you kind of learn and you reflect like my, Again, like you said, a lot of times, like people don't recognize the pattern until something major happens. And for me, that major 
event was being like, hey, you're not in this environment anymore. Like somebody else made that choice for you and it benefited me, you know, like, so I think in, in that instance, I do feel like very grateful because I, I very much could have been on the other side of things. I already knew I was going to start this business. I already had a lot of the foundation in place for it. It just happened sooner than I was anticipating, but it worked out for the better. And I think just, I've been able to use some of these tools to kind of like reflect back and be like, oh, I see where like I misstepped. And like, if I could go back and I could change it, like how I would maybe manage that better and how that, that impact would have had a a ripple effect potentially. And there's still mornings in the shower where I think about all the ways that I went wrong. And I was like, "Mm." and I get stuck ruminating on. (laughs) Yeah. So then you have to (laughs) bring yourself back and ground yourself into now. And you, for most people, because I I don't, well, I'll say I did do some forensic work, but besides that, Mm -hmm. for most people, um, they, they are truly good and, and not out there trying to be malicious. Okay. So hopefully the idea is that people do the best they can with what they know at the time they did. Yeah. Okay. And strive to improve, improve, because we can always all improve. Right. And so a lot of people do want to kind of beat themselves up. Um, but it's like, okay, well, did you intentionally do that? Were you maliciously out there trying to do that? Right. Probably not. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. Um, and then once you kind of do the other work too, you, you kind of realize where that stuff came from. Yeah. And so it makes, so another one of my sayings is things may not always seem to make rational, logical sense, mm. but they sure have to make psychological sense. Sure. Okay. So usually you can kind of figure out where, how, or all of that kind of stuff. Um, but the good news is you don't have to figure out where and how and all that past before you can do something about it. Yeah. Okay. Which is why I kind of have that model of we're here. Let's go here. Like future wise, get into really great spots with really great skills. Then we can handle like kind of what happened back in there. And so, yeah, it's human nature for that stuff to come up. But again, as long as you have your message ready for you. Yeah. And what did you learn from it and all that kind of stuff. And then really it's excitement to continue to progress. Yeah. And I think that's really like as as people, but especially as like entrepreneurs, that's kind of something that like I was able to take that lesson and I've, I've thought about it for a year. So if anybody is wondering like how I came to this conclusion, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. But it's like this, you know, it was a, a sense of disappointment in terms of like how things ended and like some of the some of the ways that my anxiety was affecting like my work performance, my, like some of the relationships and things like, you know, all the things that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ah, that's so disappointing that like, that's the impression that like I left with because I was very much would have wanted to like change that and work through it and leave on a different note. And I think Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs, you know, that's, it's easy to like kind of have this sense of disappointment too when like, Something doesn't work out the way that you thought it would, or there's the fear of things not working out. Like there's been many times where like this year I've, you know, broken down and I'm crying and I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like nothing, no one's ever going to pay me to do this job. And my husband's like, this 
that's ridiculous. You know, like this, and he has lots of other nice supportive things to say to me in those moments, you know, and, but how, how do people just move forward from that? Because there's, because it's hard too. like, is it that phrase? Is it coming back? Is it finding a phrase? Maybe I need a phrase for that too. Like in those moments. It's it's that message thing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have my clients because there's pretty much a a core set of these things that pop up in people's heads and it's like, okay, so we're going to get an answer for that. So we're going to know how to respond to that. Okay. Because if you don't come up with these messages, every time it pops up, you're either going to go down a wrong direction or you're going to be trying to think of, well, what do I, what do I say? But you're, you're not in the right space or nervous system to think. So you're not gonna be able to come up with something effective. Right. So we do this work when you're in a good place, we do this work so that you're, and you have to practice it. So you're ready. And even if you don't feel like you necessarily believe it in the beginning, that's okay because that's that thing of where your new ways will become your natural ways. After a while, right? It will, right? Um, because those things that you're that are popping up in your head, yeah, you maybe believe them. It doesn't mean they're true. Yeah. And actually, I think you said this. And there's like so there's a whole host of things that we call cognitive distortions. Yeah. Because our brain, in addition to our brain being an anxious brain, it's a negative brain. Yep. Our brain is biased to the negative. And again, it's that whole deal is because it's trying to make sure you survive. So we'd rather make a mistake on the negative side and protect you than not be so much on the negative side and it missed something and you got killed. Yeah. Yep. So, again, so <laughs> being this kind of like negative brain. So you need to know these things. My brain has a negative bias and it's often inaccurate. Yeah. Your brain has a lot to do. Yes. <laughs> you cannot be... Spot on 100% of the time, especially when it's got this negative bias going on. Yep. So you have to kind of realize this too, that your brain, okay, we have a negative bias. Our brain is not, my brain's not very accurate. Um, there's this whole host of cognitive distortions, this list that I work people through or give them this handout so that you can recognize them. And one of them is this, it's called emotional reasoning, which is yeah. just because I feel it doesn't mean it's so. Mm. Just, in the same way, just because I think it doesn't mean it's so, or doesn't mean it's evidence because there's this whole thing I get into people about yeah. evidence. Um, so yeah, just because you think it doesn't mean it's evidence just because you feel it doesn't mean it's so, so that so these are part of the skills that you learn so that you don't get stuck or go off in the wrong direction, hurt yourself with someone else or get stuck there. Um, but the thing again, it's like, you want to be able to have feelings. So disappointment, that's a feeling. Mm -hmm. The whole goal is not to not have feelings. And that's actually where, again, addiction comes from. Addiction comes from a lot because people are trying to not have feelings. They're trying to numb themselves out. They're trying to escape. And if you don't know how to be, so now here we go back with being, being, how to be. And that means with everything, not just the happy stuff, but the not so happy stuff. How can I be with that? How can I actually have those feelings? So that's actually a skill. It's a skill to learn how to be, even with something not so great. So again, it's that being comfortable with negative Mm -hmm or adversity or things like that. How can I be with it? How can I even be comfortable with it? But yes, I don't want to get stuck there. I don't want to hurt somebody or hurt myself. Right. So then then I utilize these skills that I've learned. And oftentimes it is this message. That's kind of the way you kind of start it so that you don't get stuck there, hurt yourself or someone else. Right. And then you actually start, then you start utilizing it. Okay. Well, how can I use this as motivation? What can I learn from this? How can I you know, move forward. And then, then that's when you kind of start your way. So that's that whole deal about how you, how you recover right? more and quickly. Um, so it's natural and yeah. it's normal yeah. to have negative feelings and it's healthy to be able to have them. Um, so, which reminds me of, there was a, 
a study or an experiment where they they brought in some volunteers and they're like, okay, as part of this experiment, we're going to possibly um, administer an electronic shock. If you don't want to have the electronic shock, like if you want to be in the group that doesn't have the electronic shock, then would you be willing to pay us hmm. so that you're not in that group? <laughs> so people were like, uh, yeah, I don't want to be <laughs> get an electronic shock. So so they were asking, like, how much would you be willing to pay to be to make sure that you're in the group that doesn't get shocked? So people were like, whatever. They were saying whatever they were willing to be, you know, like, hey, I'd pay to not get this electronic shock. Okay, so what they ended up doing, they placed the person in a room by themselves, and they hooked them up to a self-administering shock. Mm. And they left them there. Within seconds, people started shocking themselves. Even the ones who said they would pay okay. to not be shocked. And that was because they couldn't just be. Sure. Their thoughts started coming in. Right. They wanted an escape from their thoughts. They didn't want to think them. They started giving them themselves shocks. This is how difficult it is for a lot of people to just be. Right. Right. That's, hmm. I wonder what I would do. I have no idea. That sounds to shock yourself. I don't know. Very interesting. I, but it is, it is hard. And I think that's, you know, as you're talking, like I think about it's probably why it's so hard. And I continue to go back to kind of like, Oh, the the way, the way I left my corporate job, like why I fixate on it. It's, it's disappointing. And it's hard for me to just be with the feelings of like, "Mm, I'm kind of disappointed. And also like, not the happiest with like the, you know, like the space that I was in when I left. Like I wasn't, I wasn't close to my best self and I was trying to work through that. And, you know, I wasn't, I, to be clear, I wasn't awful. I wasn't doing awful things. I was just, I was struggling. Like I was going through like a period of growth as a people manager that was really, really hard for me. And I was struggling to like kind of go through that and like, that's, that's hard for me to just like sit with those feelings and be like, oh, that's a less than, um, good impression that that's like the the moment in time where it's like, oh, also, by the way, your department doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so there is no job, you know, like, it's just, so it's interesting. Like it's, it's, I can identify with like how hard it is to just sit and be. Would I shock yeah. myself? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to sign well, up for that. <laughs> I'm not going to volunteer for that experiment. Well, there are, I mean, I, I don't know your whole situation, but just based on what you're saying, there are some exercises and possible things that I think would probably be helpful for you to maybe do, but it, it would, but it would kind of require, um, it would kind of require some work around it and some, yeah. and actually some of that background work, I think. Yeah. Based on, I think what you're saying um, it's probably tapping into stuff from further back, even. Probably. Um, yeah. So I can. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I can. I can think of the exact thing that yes. it is. It's okay. tapping yeah. back to that okay. is just it kind of like continues. It creates this story yeah. line in my head yep. that, yep. Um, you know, it just and then it kind of funnels into see and this is like the anxiety loop you know like I can think back to the event and then it's fueling this like imposter syndrome and just this this story of like 
oh, maybe you're not quite good enough. Like maybe you weren't, right. you know, so yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah. if, so I could, I could talk about this subject all day. This is know, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is fascinating. So last, last question as if somebody is listening and they're struggling with stress, they're struggling with anxiety, whatever it is, what is the one piece of advice you would give them? So I think I have two pieces. <laughs> the first one is, uh, I think something I said, which is about realizing that these kinds of things are normal and natural. Because mm. okay. I have a lot of people who come and they're like, am I crazy? Like, is this wrong? Or and it's like, no. you're human, right? Yeah. Or they beat themselves up. And it's and so again, a lot of times it's it's me just actually saying, it's not crazy. It's not wrong. It's not messed up. It's not all this. It's human. Yeah. You're human and it's normal and natural for humans to have these kinds of behaviors, but yeah, these thoughts and behaviors and feelings, but yes, we don't want you to get stuck there, hurt yourself or someone else. So then the, the second piece of advice is invest in yourself then just like you yeah. did invest in yourself by investing in a coach or some other kind of helping professional to help teach you all these skills and strategies uh, that people are not taught. Like our parents don't teach us these things yeah. usually. The school system doesn't teach these things usually. And it's again, it's not because they were malicious or they were trying to hold something back. Right. It's because they actually didn't know or they weren't yeah. taught themselves. Yeah. So going to someone who actually does and actually someone who's trained because yeah. there are a lot of people out there that are offering help. I just don't know if they're necessarily trained because a lot of them, like I was saying earlier, actually give advice that makes it worse. So sure. you do have to do some due diligence on who you're going to work with. Absolutely. But but if you can find that right match, not only like a personality match, but a, you know, that they know what they're doing, yeah. <laughs> um, if you can find that right match, like, you know, like your experience, what a huge life altering change yeah. that can be. And those kinds of changes are priceless. Like, you know, cause from a marketing perspective, when, you know, we talk about like my business and usually, you know, if you want to put a value or price on it, I'm always like, well, I don't know. What's the value or the price of saving your marriage? Yeah. <laughs> what's the value or price of saving your sanity? Yeah. What's the value or price of achieving at higher levels with less stress? I mean, like these things, you know, sleeping, being able to sleep, these things are priceless, but, right. but investing in yourself by investing in someone to help you, um, that would be my second piece of advice because there's really, again, no reason. And I've said this over and over. There's really no reason to be out there suffering, going around in these unhealthy patterns because there's so much we can do to help that and to help propel you to even greater success in a healthy way. Yeah. Less stress. Yeah, absolutely. I so appreciate this conversation. It is something that's near and dear to my heart having worked on it and worked through a lot of this stuff. Um, so thank you for your time today and all of your expertise. If someone wants to connect with you, wants to work with you, is interested in any of your services, how do they connect with you? So I have a website and it's, I'm going to spell it out because it's my name spelled out with a PhD. Um, so it's Christy Lopez, PhD.com. So spelling that out, it's C R I S T Y. L O P E Z PhD.com. So Christy Lopez, PhD.com. There's no H in my Christy. <laughs> um, or you can leave me a voicemail. So my phone number is 602-323-7824. 602-323-7824. You can either go to the website, look around. I've got a lot of resources on there um, that you can check out. I also 
you can schedule like a free 15 minute call so we can just so we can kind of check out like hey what are you looking for and then i can kind of let you know what you know what i'd have a plan for that yeah um and then and usually the answer to that is if you're human i got a plan for it (laughs) (laughs) if you're human this works for you (laughs) yeah i got a plan for it um and a plan that works and that i know works um and then or you can just leave me a voicemail and i'll get back to you too so awesome um, those are probably the best ways of course i have all the regular social media stuff so if you just google me too like christy lopez phd you'll come up with all my you know facebook and all that kind of stuff. yes yes well thank you so much for your time today i genuinely appreciate it you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me and for, I mean, congratulations on all the work you've done. Oh, thank it's you. It's not only for you, yeah. but generationally. Yeah. Because if people, again, do not work these things out, not only do they kind of repeat them within their lifetime, they will pass them down. That was a really huge motivator for me when yes. I, I mean, A, I was just sick of the way I felt, but I started to see some of the Um, habits pop up in my oldest. And I was like, I can't, I can't pass this on. This is a miserable way to exist. And it's not something I, I want my children to like take on themselves, but it's also not like how I want them to view me in the world. Right. Yeah. And and anxiety is very genetic. It's both. It's genetic Mm. and environment. And I call it a double whammy because mm-hmm. when you're when you grow up with anxiety with parents who are anxious or a parent that's anxious, you not only have the genetic component there, you have the environment too because you're, yeah. you're seeing that. Yeah. So you get like a double whammy. Yeah. And again, it's not like they were trying to be malicious or mess you up. It's just that's just, just they never yeah. they never dealt with it. So you dealing with it, you learning all these things. Not only again, it's huge for you, and I congratulate you on that. But it's because exactly that because of then the yeah. you know the generations down the line. Yes. So, so thank you for having me. Yes, and, um, it's been such a yeah. pleasure. I so appreciate it. I genuinely enjoyed today's episode. It's honestly a little raw and vulnerable for me to put out there, but I want you as a business owner to know that if you're struggling, there are ways to cope and deal with the stress and anxiety that comes from running your own business. And it's important that you pay attention to the cues your mind is giving you before they manifest themselves in your physical health and really start to affect your body and your physical being. It becomes so much harder to run your business when you are physically feeling the effects of stress and anxiety. So my friends, take care of yourselves and reach out to Dr. Christie if you need more help. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other women like you find this podcast. Until next time.